0: Good morning, everyone. It's great to see the actual Dharma Hall of Daibosatsu Zendo. For the first time on our Zoom gathering, we have internet all the way through the monastery. Thanks to Gangyo and Ken and others. And we will all be there ourselves very soon. Today, is 2-21-21, the second mandala day of the year. And we have just commemorated Edo Roshi, who handed down the ceremony devised by his teacher, Soen Nakagawa Roshi, based on a tradition that goes back to 8th century Japan. Most of you are familiar with our monthly Mandala Day observance, but its history is quite interesting. At the age of 24, monk Soen had left Kogakuji where he had been ordained to live alone in a hut on Mount Daibosatsu, near Mount Fuji, doing zazen, writing haiku. A shrine to the deity known as the Daibosatsu Daigongen, considered a manifestation of Dharmakaya Buddha, had been built there by a man named Gyoki Bosatsu, who died in 749. A ceremony honoring the Dai Bosatsu Daigongen was held by local folks every 21st day of the month. And this was still going on. In the early 1930s, when monk Soen was there, he created the mantra Namu Bosa to unite with our boundless bodhisattva nature and chanted it ceaselessly. Even then, Soen was renowned for his haiku. A hand-printed, limited edition of his haiku and essays appeared in a book called Shigan, Coffin of Poems, An editor of a women's magazine, Fu Jing Koron, reprinted some of his work, introducing the young monk as a genius poet in the November, 1934 issue. As we say, it just so happened that the issue was read by a subscriber in Los Angeles named Shubin Tanahashi. She was a disciple of the pioneering Zen teacher Nyogen Senzaki. He had come to California in 1905. When Schubenson showed the poems to him, he was so moved that he wrote to the poet. And a lively correspondence ensued, deepening into a profound Dharma friendship and revealing the mysterious workings of the Daibu Mandala. Unable to meet due to worsening political hostilities, the two monks would bow to each other across the Pacific. In 1938, Soen Roshi wrote to Nyogen Senzaki in Japan on Mount Ibosatsu, The local deity festival is held on the 21st day of every month. Therefore, let us set this day as spiritual interrelationship day. And he outlined a service that we have continued doing, even though these days we've shortened it for Zoom. But basically, it includes Zazen, listening to the Shakuhachi, chanting the 25th chapter of the Lotus Sutra, the great compassionate Dharani namu dai bosa, and the long dedication which we just heard. And so in continued. Is this not a universal Bodhisattva occasion? What a joyous event. This spiritual interrelationship garden has no specific place. Rather, the entire cosmos is the garden. The members of the Daibosatsu group are all animate and inanimate beings. I think we can really feel the words that were written back then as we sit together on Zoom from all over the world, the entire cosmos is the garden. In Daisatsu Mandala, his introduction to Endless Vow, the Zen path of Soa Nakagawa, Edo Roshi wrote that the book, quote, is more than a selection of poems by a man who has been called the Basho of the 20th century. It's an invitation to enter a mandala, not a two or three dimensional one, but a mandala of what and Roshi called endless dimension, universal life. And I hope that all of you have had a chance to get a copy of this book, Endless Vow, and to become well acquainted, not only with Edo Roshi's introduction, but with the haiku of his great teacher. I first met Edo Roshi In the summer of 1967 at the West 81st street apartment where he was living and conducting Zazen and where Hakun Yasutani Roshi stayed when in New York. Lou Nordstrom and I wanted to get married in a Zen ceremony. And having found the Zen Studies Society under Z in the phone book, we walked over and knocked at the door. A young monk answered. He looked us over with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Lou at six feet, four inches, with a large, pale nimbus of curly hair. I, wearing a mini skirt, my black hair falling straight down to my waist, we made our request. He said, come in. Let's have a cup of tea. Right away. I had. An uncanny. Sensation. At last. I had met my teacher. I had been reading and sitting on my own for about 10 years by that time, but I'd thought I'd need to go to Japan to begin serious Zen practice. Here was a Japanese Zen monk, just a few blocks away from where we were living. He asked us when we wanted to have the ceremony. We told him and he said, hmm, very good, very auspicious, Yasutani Roshi will be back from Japan. And he told us that we would need Juzu wrist malas for the ceremony something not so easy to find in the New York City of 1967. But eventually we did come upon them in a shop in Chinatown. And as it turned out, it was Yasutani Roshi who performed the service, which was translated by the young monk, Taisan. And we went to sit at the West 81st Street apartment after that and listen to long talks by Yastani Roshi in Japanese, again with Taisan translating. And then in 1968, We left New York, first for California, then to France for a year, where Lou had a Fulbright fellowship to work on his PhD dissertation on Jean-Paul Sartre's saint Genet*, and where I spent my time painting outdoors in the lush countryside and Hidden beaches near Nice and Cannes. When we returned, the Zen Study Society had moved from the west side to a renovated carriage house on East 67th Street. We were living upstate in a converted barn, and we'd drive down to New York City three times a week. Lou was teaching philosophy first at Columbia University and later at Marymount College, Tarrytown, and I was reviewing gallery shows for Art News, and in the evenings before driving home, we'd sit in the beautiful new zendo. It was often packed, especially after Soen Roshi began visiting. And we attended session with him at various borrowed retreat centers outside New York City. And then, 1971, generous donors made it possible for the Zen Studies Society to purchase 1,400 acres in the Catskill Mountains. And a ceremony was held on September thirteenth, nineteen 1972, to... Open the mountain for the construction of Daibasatsu Zendo. And some of you, I think, may have been there. Two days later, Tyson became Son Roshi's first Dharma heir in a ceremony at New York Zendo. And was installed as abbot of the city and country temples. He was just 40 years old. And on March 28th, 1973, at the age of 88, Yasutani Roshi passed away. A small group of students had begun living in the existing house on the Catskills property, which Edo Roshi named Jorakuan from Enmeijuku Kanongyo. In 1974, Lou and I were asked to lead the residential community there. And each month, on the 21st, we celebrated Spiritual Interrelationship Day, which was now called Daibosatsu Day, and then Mandala Day, after we moved into... The New Monastery. Lou and I were also asked to work on a book. Namu Dai Bo Sa, A Transmission of Zen Buddhism to America. Lou wrote an introduction and edited the first two sections, which were transcribed from talks by Nyogen Senzaki and Soan Roshi. I wrote down and edited Edo Roshi's words about his life and his Dharma work in the third section. on the way to Daibosatsu. It was an intimate experience for both of us, a charmed time, which later turned into a turbulent time, a period of karmic upheaval. Nearly five decades have passed. I still find myself asking who was Edo Roshi? Who was that person who embodied such boundless aspiration? idealism, perseverance, dauntless enthusiasm, charisma and vision. The man who at nearly every celebratory occasion would break into song. To dream the impossible dream. Whose penetrating insight inspired generations of Zen students in the West and whose deep compassion was inseparable from his complexity as a human being. Thinking about this, I've turned to Eiro Roshi's words about his own teacher. In Daiwasatsu Mandala, his introduction to Endless Vow, he wrote... Who was Soen Roshi? For me, Soen Nakagawa has been the biggest koan of my life. Soen Roshi was my teacher, and true to the Zen tradition, we met each other mind to mind, heart to heart, hara to hara. This unique relationship in Zen between teacher and student exists on a deep level that cannot be rationally explained. There is profound and mutual recognition of a sort that goes beyond the usual human emotions. It is an uncanny bonding, a merging of identities. Because of our dharma connection, our karma is forever intermingled. And at the end of the introduction, Eiro Roshi quoted Daito Kokushi. parted from each other for millions of eons, yet not even for a second separated. Edo Roshi passed away February 19th. 2018 in Japan, just two days after presenting a show at Shogun Junior College. His topic was on the life-death fascicle of Dogen Shobogenzo. It includes one of my favorite passages, which I've spoken on in several of my own talks. Thanks to the efforts of Zensho, Hara, and others, a translation into English was made of this last teisho. And I'd like to end with a few excerpts. Dogen's life death begins. Just accept that samsara, life death, is nirvana. That there is no samsara to avoid, no nirvana to wish for then you will be released from samsara. It is a mistake to think that life transforms into death. Life is a temporary condition, already, always already, with its before and after. Therefore, in the Buddha Dharma, Life is beginningless. Death, too, is a temporary condition, also with its before and after. Thus, death is deathless. At the moment of life, there is nothing but life. At the moment... Of death, there is nothing but death. Therefore, when there is life, just let life be life. When death comes, face it and offer yourself. That's the end of that passage. And Edo Roshi said, when we're born we cry out we enter the world with a yell and then when we are dying we draw in our last breath then what we make the so-called funeral preparations once my body is cremated I'm no longer trapped in this form. This human form is now transformed into cremated remains. But what about all the karma I created for myself? There is no form to it. Can something with no form Transform? If there's no form to begin with, how can it change to something else? And then he said, I often think of the saying, even a chance meeting from a brush of the sleeve creates a karmic connection. Maybe in a past life, we only brushed sleeves, but it linked us so that in this life, we actually have a chance encounter. Referring to Dogen's statement, at the moment of life, there is nothing but life. Edo Roshi said, all of you are alive now. This is living. While you're alive, there is nothing but life. But I doubt that anyone, when you're just letting your mind wander has this deep sense of i'm alive now i'm living while your thoughts roam when we live each and every moment to the fullest in the time we call living he said there is nothing but life And Dogen said, at the moment of death, there is nothing but death. So it's the same thing. Buddha has given us a tremendous gift. That is, we have no idea what day, what month, or what year we will die. It's a tremendous gift. It allows us to live each day as if it were our last. Ichigo, Ichie. Unprecedented. Unrepeatable. This is how we have to think. We might meet again next year. We might not. And naderoshi went on to the passage that bowled me over the first time I heard him recite it during Doksan many years ago. In this last show, he said, This next part is amazing. It is really incredible free body, mind, and abandon it. Throw yourself into the house of the Buddha. Let the Buddha initiate you and simply follow this effortlessly, without anxiety. Then you can be freed from samsara and become a buddha. Free body, mind, and abandon it. This is the essence of spiritual training, Ada Roshi said. Throw yourself into the house of the Buddha. Let the Buddha initiate you. This is so important, he said. Throw everything into the life of the Buddha. Zazen, for example, is all about relinquishing, isn't it? It's a surrender. It's because you don't relinquish and surrender that you unnecessarily suffer. Let the Buddha initiate you and then simply follow this effortlessly without anxiety then you can be free from samsara, life, death, and become a Buddha. Can anyone resist doing so? Again and again in this Teisho, which was in fact an intimate dialogue with Dogen, Edo Roshi quoted a haiku by Santoka Taneda, who was a Soto Zen monk and poet. It begins with an introductory sentence. "The Most important issue of all for Buddhists is the thorough clarification of life and death. And then the haiku. Snow falls endlessly amidst life and death. It's a wonderful poem, Eida said, truly wonderful. It brings tears to my eyes. If you're struggling with something or going through tough times, I urge you to recite this poem. Snow falls endlessly amidst life and death. You're caught up in this and that. You can't figure out what to do, what to decide, what's going on. Let it go. And know that the snow falls endlessly through this thing and the next. In Syracuse today, sharp bicycles pierce high snow banks. Even in the bright sunlight, a few snowflakes flutter down. It's a charmed time, a turbulent time, a period of karmic upheaval. Some 500 people in the United States have died of COVID. The rebirth of spring has already begun. There is nothing to cling to, nothing to avoid. Just let it go and know snow falls. Endlessly amidst life and death. Before we end with Shigu Segon, Great Vows for All, I just want to say how much I deeply appreciate each one of you Most who have been coming nearly every Sunday for these Zoom talks, sitting with us in session and availing ourselves of Zoom. But I also want to say from the bottom of my heart, how happy I am to see so many of Hoshi's beloved Students. This has been as